Good morning. Who wants to hear the Word of God? Mm, all right. Turn your Bibles to John chapter 12. John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Only eight verses. And if you'll stand for the reading of God's Word this morning. The Holy Spirit through John says, Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. Having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Jesus said, Leave her alone, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you will always have with you, but you do not always have me. Let's pray. <clears throat> Father, show us the excellency and the infinite worth and the beauty of Jesus this morning. Give us hearts like Mary that long to give all that we have to show how supremely valuable Jesus is. And all these things we ask in your Son's name. Amen. This morning I want to offer one truth. The, the truth, the primary truth that I see from this passage, and it is this. You can put it up there. This is the, this is the point I'm trying to convey this morning. Our service to others is not pleasing to God unless we value Jesus Christ supremely above all things and above all people. There it is. I'm going to say it again. Our service to others is not pleasing to God unless we value Jesus supremely above all things and above all people. That's the point. Jesus has returned to Bethany, the place where He raised Lazarus. And in this passage, He's actually dining with Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. So Jesus is sitting at the table of the guy. He's basically eating with the guy that He raised from the dead. Something tells me that Lazarus is on his best behavior. And everyone, if you look at this passage, is on their best behavior. I mean, Martha's serving... Mary has taken out some outrageously expensive perfume and is anointing Jesus' feet with it, wiping His feet with what? Her hair. I mean, you talk about loving on Jesus. Verse 3, Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped His feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. I mean, you talk about worshiping Jesus. One denarius is a day's wage. Therefore, 300 denarii is roughly a year's salary. Taking into account weekends and, and holidays and such. So either this family is very wealthy, either this is a family heirloom, these folks just saved a bunch of money. Either way, Mary is demonstrating incredible adoration for Jesus in this passage by anointing Jesus with something so valuable she is ascribing supreme value to Jesus. For Mary, Jesus is worth the perfume. People who value Jesus will give to Jesus what is value to them. 
what is valuable to them. Their time, their money, their comfort, their family, their marriage. One of the quickest ways to identify a false Christian is someone who confesses Jesus with their lips on Sunday and Monday through Friday they are bowing at the altar of something else. I don't know that we've talked a lot about this at Haynes Creek, but it's definitely worth asking the question, do you tithe your money to Jesus, to, to His church? Because if you don't tithe, it's very likely that you found something else that's more valuable to you than Jesus is. I was in New Orleans this week, and I turned on the TV in my hotel room as I was brushing my teeth, trying to find ESPN, because we don't have ESPN anymore. And as I was flipping, trying to find SportsCenter, I came across one of the big megachurch pastors um, in New Orleans. I won't give his name, but I, I stopped because I had seen him in the news recently because he had convinced his, um, his church to buy him a private plane. And I went, that's the guy. He's in the New Orleans area. And he's he's a pretty good speaker. So I decided just to kind of stop there uh, brushing my teeth and just listen to him. And wouldn't you know it, he's talking about tithing. Which I thought was appropriate. And he explained tithing to his church like this. If you give your money to God, God will take care of you financially by giving you things back. Do you see what's wrong with that message? He's not ascribing value to God. He's ascribing value to what? Prosperity. That is the prosperity gospel. He's promising them that if they give their money, they'll get money in return. But tithing is never supposed to ascribe value to you. It's supposed to ascribe value to who? God. We worship what we ascribe value to. If Jesus is not supremely valuable to you, you are not worshiping Jesus. You want to know how I've come? This is just obvious speaking. I have come to gauge. I've got ways that I can kind of measure whether I'm worshiping Jesus or not in certain parts of my day. With all my heart, soul, and mind. I have found that there are times where I get to work. And I'm a pastor now, so I'm like sermon prepping, I'm calling people, I'm preparing things, whatever. There are times when I get to work and I don't even pray. I go into the Lord's work not talking to the Lord. And the reason I think I do that is because whatever I need to get done that day is apparently more valuable than spending the time with the person that I'm doing it for. Do you pray at work? I've also realized that whatever I do when I get home, as soon as I get home, whatever I do... When I come home from work is a pretty good barometer of what's valuable to me. If I go and lay down on the couch, rest was what was most valuable to me. If I go home and immediately spend time with my kids, they're the most valuable thing to me. If I go home and I spend time listening to my wife and about her day, she's what's valuable to me. If your time at home is ascribing value to Jesus then oftentimes you will be spending time with someone other than yourself. Are you ascribing value to Jesus or are you ascribing value to comfort? You know, we know that Jesus is valuable to Mary because she's shelling out a year's salary in her hair to bless Him. 
We worship what we ascribe value to. Now, what we see here in verses 4 through 6 is that Judas ascribes value to money because he's ascribing value to himself. I'm going to read in verses 4 through 6. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? Stop right there. Sounds pretty holy to me. Continue. He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put in it. Now there's a couple things we need to glean here from what we see uh, Judas doing. Judas clearly cares about money because he's a thief. But what we need to be careful to do here is not just read this passage like Judas is the only one who's ever tried to appear godly without being so. Judas doesn't just ascribe value to money. He cares a lot about seeming like he cares about the poor. I think we can do the exact same thing today. There are plenty of Christians today who care more about telling people what they did on Facebook and publishing their good works than actually seeing Jesus glorified in what they're doing. Judas is not the first self-promoter. I'll even go one further here. I think we often fall well-meaning Christians, church-going Christians. I think we can fall into the trap of feeling like the only time we can live missionally and serving others and being humble is when we sign up for it at church. As if we need other people to be Christians. But what I want you all to understand this morning is this. The truth is, if you're not serving other people in private you're more than likely not serving for the right reasons when you do so in public. Our service to others is not pleasing to God unless we value Jesus supremely above all things and all people. That means helping out at a food shelter, volunteering at church, cooking for friends, helping people move. It is very possible to do all those things and not think of Jesus Christ and His kingdom when you're doing it. It is very possible to ascribe more value to serving Jesus than Jesus. It is very possible to find your value as a Christian more in what you do than in the blood that purchased you. There are few nastier, uglier examples of human sin than someone doing good, great things for the wrong reasons. Sin can do that. And nine times out of ten, nobody knows it except one person. Jesus. Jesus knows why you're doing what you're doing. Jesus knows what you're thinking when you're doing it. Jesus knows what you want to get out of what you're doing. All those people giving their money at church and tithe so they can get more money back, Jesus knows what they love. Jesus knows what they value. About a year ago, I kind of fell into a trap. About a year ago, I noticed that my wife's stress level, and some other men might find this too, my, I noticed my wife's stress level would peak whenever she came home and the house was just a house. <laughs> I noticed that when the kitchen was a mess, she just was like, I just can't. So I was like, you know what? Let me just start cleaning the kitchen. That's a one way that I can ascribe value to my wife by taking time, my time at night after I've worked to bless her. So 
for the last year, I've been cleaning the kitchen. Fast forward about seven or eight months after I started doing that, I'm still doing the dishes. I'm still cleaning the kitchen. But now I'm not always doing it with the same amount of love and intentionality that I was doing it before. Now I'm doing it why? Because that's just what I do at night. It's a battle to serve my wife and do it for the glory of God. I'll start looking at her, you know, I've been doing it now, and I'll start looking at what she's doing like. She's not even cleaning over there. <laughs> I can't believe I'm sitting here doing that. She's not even cleaning. Y'all know I'm here you laugh. Y'all do it too. <laughs> I'll be cleaning over there, getting not just, I mean, I got twins, y'all. <laughs> twins are messy. And I'll just be cleaning over there, and I'll look over her and be like, she hadn't even thanked me for doing that. <laughs> When's the last time she said thank you? <laughs> I'm over here ascribing value to my wife. You can't even describe a good thank you to me. My goodness. You know, and you see, it started with such promise. Now I'm serving, but I'm just serving myself. Do you start to see that what I do in serving my wife is just not quite as important as why I'm doing it? On the outside, I'm still serving. Somebody walk in my house about, dang, who just scrubbed that? That's my that's my husband. He, he did it. That's right. But Jesus knows that my little sinful heart's just festering, wanting recognition, and it didn't take me too long. I keep doing the same thing, but my heart's already prone to wander. Our service to others is not pleasing to God unless we value supremely Jesus above all things and all people. Jesus Christ died on the cross and was raised on the third day so that Abi could wash his dishes for his wife to the glory of God. Amen. Not just so I could wash her dishes. My dishes. Our dishes. Y'all learning pronouns too, though. <laughs> Jesus didn't die on the cross and raise so that I could be a good person by what just I do. Jesus died on the cross and was raised so that my sinfully festering heart could do it for the right reasons and glorify Him when I'm doing it. Amen. That's the battle. My goal is not just to do chores and things in the house. My goal is not just to make sure my wife feels good. My goal is every day waking up, loving her, serving her, blessing her, because I love Jesus more. And I fail at that often. But what I try to do is ascribe more value to Jesus than I do to my wife. And while that may sound a little harsh, don't miss this. The more I love Jesus, and the more I serve Jesus, and the more I ascribe value to Jesus, guess who ends up feeling more blessed and loved? My wife. Husbands and wives, you are not competing with Jesus for your spouse's love. You want them to love Jesus, trust me. Because Mary loves Jesus, because Mary is in love with Jesus, because Mary worships Jesus, she's serving Jesus. Jesus Judas don't give a hoot. But let's not, let's remember this. Let's, don't forget this about Judas. Unless you're a Mary, you are a Judas. And let me explain that. While you may not be stealing money from a money bag, and while you may never have actually been a thief, 
If you are serving anyone at any time detached from your love of Christ, you will inevitably serve others for yourself and how it makes you look. I'm going to say that one more time. Unless you're serving people to the glory of Jesus, unless you're serving people because you love Jesus, if you're serving them for any other reason than that, you will inevitably serve others and attempt to give things and help people for the wrong reasons. You know, there's something unmistakably godly about someone who serves other people and they don't want any credit, recognition, or fame. That's called love. It is far easier to love Jesus and serve others than to serve others and fake like you love Jesus. John Newton, the author of Amazing Grace, he said this about loving Jesus. Those who bear the yoke of Christ act from principle which makes all things easy. This is love. It is said of Jacob that when he served a hard master seven years for Rachel, they seemed to him but a few days for the love which he had for her. And many of you find it easy to do much for your parents, your children, and your friends because you love them. But there is no love like that which a redeemed sinner bears to him who has loved him and washed him of his sins by his blood. The gospel and the beauty of Jesus makes it easy to serve others, friends. Now that doesn't mean that living like a Christian is always easy, but that's why we have to constantly point ourselves back to the cross because we have to understand that we're serving others because we have been served. We're loving others because we have been loved. We're washing others because we have been washed. Don't you dare serve another person on this earth without savoring that truth. Listen to what Jesus says in verses 7-8. through Jesus said, Leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of My burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have Me. I love that part because Jesus is like, Lay off, Judas. This is for the Gospel. This is for me. This is direct evidence right here. We have Jesus Christ Himself declaring that the Gospel is the most important thing in the world. I'm going to make this statement, and it might startle many of you, but give me time to explain it after I make it, okay? Here we go. Jesus Christ... Don't tweet this without explaining it. Jesus Christ is more valuable than poor people. Jesus Christ is more valuable than all people. And if you can't affirm that, then you've completely misunderstood why we serve the poor. Now, if anyone makes you pick between worshiping Jesus Christ and serving poor people, then they've obviously taught you a lie because the two are not mutually exclusive. We serve poor people because Jesus Christ is infinitely valuable. We want them to know the way, the truth, and the life. We love them most by telling them about a living God who saves sinners. Evangelism itself is built upon the idea that Jesus Christ is more valuable than anything or anyone, and we want them to know Him. You know, in this verse, it sounds a lot like Jesus is saying He's more important than poor people, doesn't it? That's because He is! 
Jesus Christ is God. And what He's saying in this passage is, there's going to be a time very soon where I'm going to be gone, I'm going to be crucified, and your service to the world begins with worshiping Me. If the disciples cannot worship Jesus, they can do nothing for the world. If Haynes Creek cannot worship Jesus in spirit and in truth, we have nothing to offer our community because Jesus Christ is the only help we can give them. I want to talk to our mothers just for a second. I keep going over here, and there's just more kids every time I go over there. Just more multiplying. And moms work their butts off. And the one thing I hear more often than most when when moms talk to me about their spiritual life is time. Finding time. Where's the time? I'm I'm supposed to do this. I'm supposed to do that. I'm supposed to look at it. And and, and the, 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 the job of a mother is it can't be quantified. It can't be counted. And the one thing I hear from a lot of mothers is I just don't have time. I wanted to encourage our moms in here to make sure that you try so hard to personally worship Jesus, spend time with Jesus, meditate on Jesus, because you are loving your child best when you're loving them with the love of Jesus and not by your own power. I know that's hard. That is so hard. But it is not selfish of a mother to spend time with the very person who is most valuable. It is not selfish for a mother to find time in her day to spend time with Jesus Christ. Because the most valuable thing we can do as parents is to love our children not just because we share their DNA, but because we have a Savior and we know Him, we are in communion with Him, and we want our children to know Him too. Moms and dads need deep theology. I'm telling you. Moms and dads cannot get by with cheap theology. Moms and dads, of all people, need to be the people ascribing value to Jesus so that when people are like, man, how do you do that? How do you make time for that? How do you always do this? I mean, Lauren, I want to brag on Lauren normally. She still does that little thing where she has like a menu all week. (laughs) Y'all been in their house? She actually makes a menu all week. And I say that and I don't know what Lauren does, but I would hope that when someone goes, girl, how do you have time to do all that? Because I love Jesus and He's more valuable to me than that. If someone comes up to you and goes, how do you have time to do that? How do you have time to have to work and do all these things with your kids? How do you have time to spend time reading to them at night? How do you pray and you have a long time? How do you make time for this? I don't even have time to breathe. Hey, let me tell you, Jesus is worth it. Look at American culture. Today in America, love means letting people live how they want, being tolerant, not judging, and permitting people to go their own way even if it hurts them. And what Jesus is telling Mary when she tell, when He says, keep anointing my feet, what He's saying is, if you don't value me, you don't know how to value people. There is no dignity in the world, church, that someone can give another that compares with the dignity that the gospel bestows upon a sinner. 
Think about it. Jesus tells the world this. You are an image bearer of God. That image has been marred. You are steeped in sin. God has sent His Son to redeem you. And the plan of God is that all things be under the authority of Christ so that you all can be kings and queens ruling under Jesus Christ forever. What kind of love exists on this earth that compares with the Gospel? What kind of dignity can we give people that compares with the love that Jesus Christ has for a fallen world? Our world is, is stuck on rights. and Our world is stuck on, on making sure everything's fair. And Jesus says, ain't nothing fair. But here's salvation. There is no better message than that. I think the church loves people more than the world does because the church knows where people's value comes from and the world doesn't. I was talking to someone this week and they were grappling over abortion. How can our world snuff out millions of babies and murder them every year and yet try to ascribe rights to animals? My answer was pretty clear. They have no idea who God is. Therefore, they have no idea what the image of God is. But if you know the gospel, you know that every sinner you come in contact with this week is someone who Jesus died for and someone who Jesus values and someone who says, that God says, they're worth it to me, they better be worth it to you. Jesus says, for the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. That means evangelism is not the ultimate goal of Haynes Creek. What's the ultimate goal? Worshiping Jesus. Ascribing supreme value to Jesus. Adoring Him and sitting at the feet of Jesus. I'm going to tell you all this. Y'all know that psalm that says what? Be still and what? If you can do that, if you can do that, if you can be still and know that He is God, then you can tell someone about Jesus. Someone who knows truly how to sit at the foot of Jesus, someone who knows how to spend their time with Jesus, someone who is in love with Jesus Christ, knows how to tell another sinner about Jesus Christ. Because we talk about what's valuable to us. I know a friend of mine, the only thing he cares about is sports and what we end up talking about every time I see him. Football. If you meet someone who ascribes supreme value to Jesus, I tell you, they're going to be talking about Jesus. So I wanted to end with the best way to give your life to Jesus is to think that Jesus is more valuable than your own life. The best way for your family to worship Jesus is for your entire family to believe that Jesus is more valuable than your family. The best way for your marriage to reflect Jesus is for both the husband and the wife to understand that Jesus is more valuable than their spouse. This morning I want you all to think about Mary anointing Jesus' feet with her hair. The Apostle Paul says that the hair of a woman is her glory. And yet she is using her glory to glorify Jesus. Does your faith look like that? If someone were to watch you for a week and they were to take notes, could they tell what you value in this life? I think they could. 
Is Jesus more valuable to you than all things and all people? I want people to come to Haynes Creek and be like, man, what's that weird trailer-looking church up there? I don't know, but they love them some Jesus. Because faith begins with the idea that Jesus is more valuable to you than your own life and that Jesus becomes your life. Will you believe in that? Will we ascribe supreme value to our Redeemer and our Savior? That's faith. Let's pray. Father, show us how infinitely valuable Jesus is so that there is no amount of money, there is no amount of time, and there is no possession on earth that we would not give to know Him. Father, let no thing, let no idol, let no possession stand in the way of us loving and savoring and valuing Jesus Christ. And if there is such a thing, remove it please. So that we can be a people that tells the world about Jesus because we love Jesus. And all these things we ask in your precious Son's name. Amen.